I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. We have with us Jeremy Farr, who's a Senior Vice President with Thompson & Associates. Jeremy, we thank you for being with us today. It's good to be with you. Uh, Jeremy is an incredibly talented estate planning attorney, uh, one of our great reps here at Thompson Associates, and has how many years' experience, Jeremy, with uh, charitable estate planning? It's been 12 years now. 12 years, and has produced an enormous number of gifts for nonprofits and has planned some very large estates. So, Jeremy, again, thanks for being with us today. We want to talk about uh, what type of person makes an estate gift. So, Jeremy, looking back over your experience, uh, incredibly successful career, what would you say are the, the, the type of individuals who make these gifts? Well, Eddie, let me start with one of the, the misperceptions I think a lot of people have when it comes to estate giving, and, and that is people uh, tend to begin the process of, of creating a prospect list for, for charitable estate planning or, or for plan giving in general by starting with the people who they feel have the largest estates, um, the, the people that uh, whose names are on the buildings, who are known throughout the community for, for making large gifts. And that's not necessarily the best place to start for a variety of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, just because people have made large current gifts to you in the past, uh, because they have a, a large capacity to give, doesn't necessarily mean that your organization is one that they would want to include in their estate plan. Uh, people uh, with significant wealth may give uh, significant gifts to a, a variety of organizations in their community, but when it comes to estate giving, people tend to really narrow down uh, the, the pool of nonprofit organizations that they give to, uh, to their top three to five organizations. So beyond capacity, the, the number one criteria I, I think people should be looking at when creating a prospect list for uh, charitable estate planning is the affinity that those individuals have to their organization. Uh, the, the people that they're asking uh, to make these types of gifts uh, should be people that are truly invested in the mission of that nonprofit organization, that have a strong relationship with that organization, and that should trump capacity. Uh, someone who's worth a couple million may leave 50% of their estate to you if they love your organization, whereas somebody worth $10 million may leave you $10,000 as a way to, to keep you from calling them all the time. Uh, and so I think that's the, one of the first things that uh, a development officer needs to understand is that especially when it comes to estate planning, affinity to your organization should be the, the number one criteria. Uh, second, and, and this I think is also a common misperception, what we're looking for are people who are careful and cautious accumulators of wealth, people who build over the long term and therefore have a high net worth that they can make an estate gift from. Now what that means is these people are not consumers uh, and often what that leads to is them not being large givers or significant major givers during their lifetime. Uh, they are typically consistent annual givers, uh, but not necessarily the, the person that writes you the really big check all the time. Uh, and it, again, plays to their personality of being very cautious with their wealth or, or maybe not having the kind of uh, li liquid wealth or liquid assets that are um, amenable to large current gifts. And so I think that's another common misperception. We're looking for people who, who build net worth over the long 
and therefore have a, a large pool of assets with which to make an estate gift uh, when the time comes they, at the end of their life. Are they also the, you just described a personality trait that, uh, you know, a cautious, careful accumulator of wealth. Is that also why they're reluctant to join like a heritage society or for notoriety? Is, does that fit within their personality too? I mean, one of the things we discover is people who make these gifts just rarely want their name mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all part of that uh, that same mindset, right? They're, they play very close to the vest. Um, they are very reluctant to uh, be have their names put on anything, uh, even if it's just uh, you know your annual report. Uh, they don't want everybody knowing their business, what they're doing. Uh, they often want to remain anonymous even with their annual gifts. Uh, and it's all part of that same kind of personality trait that leads them to uh, ultimately building a, a significant net worth. But it does, in some, in some cases, make it frustrating because they, they do uh, want to remain anonymous. And in kind of fleshing out who those people are can be somewhat difficult for those reasons. Uh, and so that's, uh, I think something that, as a development officer, you've got to understand about this class of people that, that you're going after to make these large kind of gifts. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I just don't want to make, I just want to ask that question, so continue on. Absolutely. Beyond, you know, the, the affinity to your organization and kind of these personality traits, we, we also obviously know that there are some life situations um, that lend themselves to people really considering making these types of gifts. And uh, I think first and foremost, uh, kind of summarize these real quickly, they all kind of boil down to the, the kind of the typical obligations uh, financially that we all have, or a lot of us have, uh, and where we are in our stage of life related to those other obligations that might prevent us from considering uh, a large gift. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, for a lot of people being their children, uh, and whether or not they have children, first and foremost. Uh, and then the stage in life that those children happen to be at and, and their own financial success, I, I think, plays a, a big part in determining uh, whether someone is open to discussing making a large gift. Obviously, if, if someone doesn't have children of their own, uh, people tend not to uh, want to leave as large of a gift to um, nieces and nephews, they, they traditionally want to leave them something, but not their entire estate like they might their own children. And so if they don't have that kind of natural um, heir, uh, then they are looking for a, a way to leave a legacy uh, beyond those children. Uh, and that often is a great conversation piece for discussing a, a planned gift. Uh, additionally, if they do have children, if those children are financially successful themselves, then there's uh, typically not the, the sense of obligation to leave them every dollar that, that uh, a parent has earned um, because the, those children don't necessarily need it. And, and so there may be a, a better use of those dollars um, that can have a greater impact. Uh, maybe it's, it's in their community and opening them up to a, a planned gift as well. And so I, I think Part of it is starting with those those kind of sense that, that sense of obligation that, that you might have towards uh, other family members, traditionally children and grandchildren, uh, and so kind of looking, building a relationship with someone, learning about what their own family situation is like, uh, learning about how they feel about leaving assets to their their children, 
uh, is an important part of uncovering who your best uh, estate planning prospects and charitable estate planning prospects are. Additionally, there are people who uh, simply you know, don't feel like they should leave a large inheritance to their heirs or they're fearful about how their heirs will ultimately handle that inheritance and how it will be used. And again, they're looking for ways um, to use what they've built over their lifetime uh, to more effectively reflect their values. Uh, and that may not mean leaving everything to their kids. And so that, I think, is an important thing to understand uh, as uh, you're getting to know your donors and trying to uncover who your best prospects are for a charitable estate plan and a, and a planned gift. Um, obviously, kind of tied to that is the, the age factor. As, as people age, they get a little bit older, uh, they, they have a better understanding of what their children are going to be like. Um, they're looking towards retirement uh, and tend to become a little bit more reflective on the legacy they're going to leave. Uh, and so overlaying an age factor to uh, these other factors, whether it be capacity, whether it be affinity to your organization, whether it be their life situation, um, I, I think are all uh, critical uh, points to make as you're considering who your best plan giving prospects are. Well, those really well, good comments. Really good comments, Jeremy. You know, it, it seems to me uh, your first point that you made is that so many nonprofits just try to go after the rich people. The, the challenge with that is you don't know who's rich. <laughs> and you may right. not, they, they may be wealthy but not have some discretionary income. So I, I think you made a tremendous point on getting that and, and building a long-term relationship with donors. And... Um, Really good advice and counsel. Jeremy, if somebody wants to reach out to you and uh, ask a couple of questions, can you give your email address? Sure. My email address is Jeremy, it's a traditional spelling, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at ceplan.com. That's C is in cat, E is in elephant, P-L-A-N.com. Uh, and I'm happy to answer any questions that, that someone might have about who a, a good estate planning prospect is. Great. Jeremy, good job today. We really appreciate appreciate your experience and your insight, and uh, we find this information really helpful. We thank you very much for your time today. Thank you.